This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. What the hell? That's not right. Let's try that instead now. Live commentary. Uh, Andy Dorman now plays the ball. Great ball through to Sakaja. Completely through there. One on one looking. Oh, it's a foul. It's a penalty. Penalty. Oh, it's saved. Saved by Pyre. Follow up goal. Crazy Pyre follows up his missed penalty. Congratulated by Kieran Cadogan. Live interviews. First of all, a uh, big welcome to, to Steve Parrish and to Gareth. Um, thanks for coming along, guys. To have come into football really on the basis that there's one possibility for us to punch above our weight and move the club to the next level, to be then told that we can develop a kid to 16 through our coaching, that presumably then he's not as good as their coaching or, 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 or you know, their facilities are better, you know, their cones are better than ours or, or, or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and yet we get to you know, a player at 16, and they can come and take that player for £130,000. Expert analysis. Crystal Palace Foundation were proud to support Wednesday's Heal the Street event. The idea for healing the streets came from members of New London Road. Hmm. <laughs> I haven't read this beforehand. I'm just going to start again, Mikey. <clears throat> Someone put in touch as well. Don't talk over me, you idiots. <laughs> Crystal Palace Foundation, we're proud to support the Wednesday... Ah, oh, fuck you all. <laughs> well, most of the time anyway. Homestale Radio. Whether you're listening live or to the podcast, call us now to air your opinion. 0203 4755 999. That's 0203 4755 999. Hi and welcome to Homestyle Radio. My name is Chris Hambling and I'll be taking you through tonight's review of the last week for Crystal Palace Football Club. With me today, giving their expert views and opinions, are Mark Ross and Albert Curley. Hi gents. Good evening. Good evening, Chris. Mm, good evening indeed. Uh, we'll get the thoughts of those two a little later on, uh, on an eventful week. Also joining us today is Aaron Mitchell, who's taking a turn in our communication hub. Hi Aaron. 
Hello, yes, I am indeed. So you'll be uh, tweeting and uh, various other bits and pieces throughout the day to uh, communicate directly with the listeners, won't you? That is correct, and we'd love to hear from them all. Fantastic stuff. Well, Aaron will be organising those tweets and emails. Uh, you can tweet us, it's at HOLradio, or you can email us, it's radio at homesdale.net. You can always give us a call on 0203 4755 You can press 1 to come through directly to us, um, or you can press 2 to record us a voicemail, which um, I think we've got one of those later on. Well, pretty sure we have. Uh, we've got no producer today, so it's got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a fairly relaxed vibe and the pre-show was slightly disturbing so um, if we're sounding a bit disorganised it's because we're disorganised but here is a brief rundown of what we have for you today there'll be a quick roundup of the week's news with our regular news in brief feature we'll review the emphatic 4-1 defeat by um, at Deepdale by Preston as we were dumped out of the League Cup we'll look best back at yesterday's 2-1 win against Sheffield Wednesday ask whether it could be the catalyst for a run up the table or whether we should be a little bit more cautious than that uh, we'll work through, work through all of your contact from the last few days on various topics and we'll bring you further news on how to enter our competition to wear, win a pair of Charlton tickets um, to that away game and it's the last chance you'll get to the register for that competition today uh, that's quite enough of a uh, that here is news in brief now. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is news in brief. Palace have announced the return of the hugely popular Selhurst Six and Twelve packages, allowing supporters to purchase tickets for a total of six or twelve games at discounted prices. Supporters can pick any twelve Championship games, category A or B, and guarantee their seats from as little as twenty pounds eighty-three per game for adults. £5 per game for juniors. For any of the six games, employers lift us £21.67 per game for adults and £5.50 per game for juniors. Transfer deadline day saw two players in and two out of the club. Andy Dorman was released by the club from his contract so he could move outside the window if anyone's interested. And last week's under-21 under man of the match, Matt Martins, moved to Wickham on a one-month youth loan. On the way into the club, were centre-back Damien Delaney on a short-term deal and David Goodwillie on loan until January. Palace's under-21 squad picked up their first win in the Premier Development League, beating Fulham 4-1. We see a pie, but only over 21 player having turned 22 on the 12th of August, two goals, Eva Zakaja and Bayern Fenwick completing the comprehensive win against a strong Fulham side. Yesterday's match saw the first implementation of a new FA rule. If, in the opinion of the opposition goalkeeper, a given penalty shouldn't have been given, the penalty still stands. If, however, the goalkeeper, who will usually be wearing a stupid hat like a twat for no discernible reason, grabs the ref and starts shouting in his face, the penalty can be replaced by a drop ball, or just given to the keeper anyway, like just to kick it out and that, really. You know, it's about time. It is about time they pull that rule in. That was News in Brief. News in Brief. And just before we carry on, here's a little promo for Doc Brown. Doc Brown. Right, I'll never forget when I was out in Glasgow doing some gigs. Before the gig, I, uh, this, this, this grimy local guy came up to me in a Sainsbury's, asked me for some heroin. In Sainsbury's? <laughs> I, I just went, uh, sorry, I, I, I don't work here. Comedian, actor, singer and palace fan. Rest your head and snuggle up tight. It's nearly time to hit the lights. And don't forget, it's Friday, right? So don't come into mum and daddy's room tonight. <laughs> We've got important work to do from quarter past to quarter two. And 
Hi, welcome back. Um, yeah, the first thing I want to start with today before we get into talking about uh, Preston and we get and various other bits and pieces that we've got to do is we've got an email from Eric Allen. Now, uh, Eric wanted to make us aware of um, of uh, something that Wilf Zaha did to, um, to sort of help out with. So I'm going to read from his press release. It's basically, uh, the youngsters of one of the most thriving and successful junior football clubs in Surrey will have something extra to look forward to when the new season starts in a few weeks' time. They'll be wearing a brand new kit thanks to the support of the local Freemasonry group. Uh, the kit was presented to the team on Wednesday, August the 29th at Selhurst Stadium, home of Crystal Palace FC. And the guest of honour was, was a rising Palace star, Wilfred Zaha. The boys from Selsden Junior FC, under, age, under 11 age group, had big smiles on their faces as they each posed for pictures with Wilf, proudly displaying their new blue strip. Wilf wished them a successful season wearing it. Um, obviously... Um, they they were very touched. I mean, Wilf had been, as it says in the press release, Wilf had been um, obviously at that game where we lost to Preston and got home at four a.m. and we're still up the following morning to go and go and you know do, and you know I was, Eric said like you know Wilf was very gentle with the boys and extremely patient and he's he's made their day. They just wanted to make us aware that um, you know that the, that the guys are still doing things behind the scenes that you don't often get to hear about and and obviously um, Eric's also. Um, is the the worshipful master of the old palace from Sonic Lodge, and uh, that's you know the whole thing is about them sponsoring uh, a local club with, um, with a great history. A former Palace star and England star Gareth Southgate came through their their club, and uh, just on the last little bit, really, he said um, that the Surrey Masons obviously were pleased and honoured to sponsor to sponsor the club, and he wished youngsters another successful season. He said Freemasonry in Surrey is thriving, and anyone interested in Either the charitable aspect or the historic of the historic movement or the social and sports events should visit the website www.surreymason.org.uk. Uh, so they've got something to offer all men, men from all walks of life and offer a warm welcome for new members. So if it's something you're interested in, and uh, then they can go and have a look. That's surreymason.org.uk. Okay, that's the uh, in, initial plugs out of the way. Um, let's let's bring the boys in. We've got uh, obviously Preston to review, chaps, and. Um, yeah, it was a bad result. So, well, if I could start with you, Albert, um, you, we were asking this question on Twitter, I think, at the moment. Um, were you disappointed to go out of the cup? Um, in light of recent performances and results, not that disappointed, but I guess the manner in which we went out is disappointing. 4-1 mm. away, a team in the league below you who you know weren't having a great time of it themselves. Mm. The but, fact that yeah. the, the competition is called the cock up, uh, you know, <laughs> sums it up nicely for me. It, it does indeed. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was before you sort of see the t- the team lineup, and it's, it's it's kind of halfway between. It's not you know completely a reserve side. I mean, you, you see our development squad, you know, under twenty one squad. That's kind of our reserve side. But when you see um, the likes of John Williams, No Keith starting in midfield. Is it is is fair to ask for more than a four one defeat, isn't it? That was very fair. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Perhaps an understatement there. Um, <laughs> um, well, Mark, if I can bring you in on this, obviously, like like myself, you weren't at the game. Um, bit of a well, certainly. Do you feel sorry for the the hundred or so that made it? Oh, absolutely. I thought it was it was. Uh... An appalling performance, and I and I'm one of those people who thinks you know if you know that the the competitions you know is there to be won, and you know 
every game is an important game as far as I'm concerned. I thought it was a poor display and it was a strongish team we took up there. As you said, um, there were some first-teamers, quite a lot of first-teamers in the in the squad and um, they didn't perform and, you know, and for people to go up there on a Tuesday night and spend their hard-earned cash and see us, like, destroyed, basically. Could have been yeah. more, I believe. Well, and, um, yeah, and to spend their money and for that sort of display, I think is... I, I can understand why people got so irate on the boards and post-match because, uh, you know, you expect more from... from mm-hmm. From your team, you you want them to show some passion, don't you? And you want them to show that you know they want to win. And I don't know whether they did that. It didn't. Well, in, it didn't, well, sound, didn't suggest that. No, it they certainly did. doesn't. No, and I mean the, the interesting thing is that it, it seems it was the catalyst for for a for a turnaround. Um, I know a few people who went up there and see they made the point that when when you're in that situation as an away fan, all you can really do is just. You know, you can sit down and sulk, or you can, or you can get behind the team. And they chose the latter. They, you know, they they cheered the guys. They clapped them off the pitch despite losing four one. You know, not no booing, no dugout, out, nothing. It was just, it was all positivity. And are you I, sure I they think, weren't just clapping because it was over? I, I think that, that might have been it. Yeah, it's the sort of one where you you kind of scream no when you see how many how many minutes are added on at the end for injury time and stuff like that um um terence from uh, red and blue army is making the making a point i think aaron should be on hand to read that one out for me possibly or not yes i yes i am don't you worry <laughs> uh, yeah terence he, uh, says 1 million pounds extra revenue from the cup last season it's got to be disappointing to go out this time round yeah, yeah i uh, agree i, I mean Last year's cup competition brought some of the most memorable moments of supporting Palace over the years for me. And, uh, you know, I just think it's money, it's revenue, it's game time for players who don't um, play as regularly as some of the others. And uh, it's it's an opportunity missed. Yeah. yeah, Sorry. No, you go ahead, mate. But, you know, as we saw last season, as great as it was being in the Cup and doing the things we did, you know, when you're, when you're not blessed with a, a, you know, a great squad that's, you know, rich in depth and quality, you know, it, it does have a knock-on effect. And, you know, we, it's, we've got a very slim chance of winning the competition, you know. We've got a, a much more prominent chance of going down. So, if I can, Preston if I got drawn against Middlesbrough, didn't they, I think? Is that right? Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that would... <laughs> Would have been another shocking one for us, really. But no, look, I just want to take us back. I don't want to dwell on this game. It's not what we're all about. We've just had a fantastic result yesterday. We want to get on to talking about that. Um, yes, there are still things that we perhaps should be a little concerned about. But but just on this, uh, I know. I know. Obviously, we we spoke to to, to Steve Parrish uh, on a number of occasions recently, and one of the things that he talked about was the cup run. Um, and he said, obviously, it was a you know financial bonus, but. There's little doubting, certainly in his mind when he was talking about it, that it had an effect on our league form. And we didn't want to do that this year. And it's not necessarily saying we didn't throw anything. We didn't throw the game or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's, but it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't perhaps as important as it was last year. And, and by going out, like I said before, we, kind of, we did get a, a, a response. Because basically... If you don't know, we'll talk about Dougie's press conference in a bit, a bit later on again. But one of the things that he, he revealed in his press conference was that that one of the players had said to him that that was re- that was for the guys who'd gone to Middlesbrough into Preston and and had to watch what they did and 
the players felt culpable. They felt that they needed to, you know, to give them something. So in a way, losing four one, you know, it kind of it was it was a good thing in some senses. If, if that's the point I'm making. Um, yeah, yeah. comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, again, I, I've just just noticed as well. There's another tweet coming. I'm going to read this one directly. It just happens to come in through my email for a change, which is nice. So. I don't know if that makes Aaron it's redundant. Personal, but... is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe it is. Bye, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I need Aaron to keep asking questions. Hopefully, he's asking a, a couple more at the moment that are re- relevant to this discussion. But <clears throat> uh, Vanessa, who's uh, lad it to lady one on Twitter, she's uh, she said um, last year was great for the team and the fans. We'll never forget Ambrose and that goal at Man United. And yeah, well, that's it's a very very valid point. It kind of counters what I was just saying. And that was a fantastic day out for the fans, wasn't it? Um, and obviously, we're not going to see that in the in the League Cup this year. So, yeah, I, I, there's there's kind of there's two different ways of looking at it, I suppose. But you don't like to lose any football match. And one of the other points to make, I suppose, is, is if you look at the team that we we lined up with, I'll just quickly run through that now. Lewis Price in goal, uh, Joel Ward at right back, um, David Wright. I think played midfield. You had um, Martin and Blake were the centre backs, uh, and Dean Moxie on the left left back. Uh, Johnny Williams started sort of in midfield with with Stuart O'Keefe. Uh, you had Kyle De Silva out there, uh, well, a little bit wide in midfield, and you had Quasi, Apaya, and um, and Aaron Wilbraham up up top. See, Wilbraham got his, you know, got a goal for Palace, his first competitive goal. But the the players I wanted to really talk about with you guys there was, um, well, well, the player I suppose. Well, no, no, let's go Joe Ward and Aaron Martin. They're they're two young guys, uh, recent signings, of course. Uh, Ward signed to play right back. Uh, Martin signed to play as centre back. They come into a team that was just has been poor at the back and has, has had fragile confidence. Um, and we've seen in recent, well, it, this, we saw in our win yesterday, those guys have been dropped. Um, it seems fair, a fairly obvious statement. So we start with Joel Ward. Uh, guys, have you, have you seen much from Albert? Uh, I've done no away games this season. So bearing in mind, we've only been at home up until that point against Watford uh, and he didn't really shower himself in glory there but you know who did um, he, he showed promise but like I say I haven't, I haven't seen enough of him to give him a fair mm. a fair uh, assessment but Dougie okay. obviously has yeah well, well okay if I can sort of I, well, if you look at what happened yesterday where we had uh, a right back go off injured and a left back brought on as his replacement sort of thing yeah, uh, when, it, it does tell its own story, really, doesn't it? Um, it yeah, yeah. yeah as, as I put on Twitter during the game, you know, let the rumor mill churn. It's um, you know, players go through you know dips in form and whatever. It's you know, just we haven't seen him, you know, in good form. You know, we've only we're only four or five games into the season, and you know, hopefully he'll come good sooner rather than later. Mm. Mark, what's interesting, yeah, I think what's interesting about um, what's happened in the week is. Obviously, we lost to Preston on the Tuesday, and uh, obviously we're going to go on and talk about the Sheffield Wednesday game in a few minutes. But um, in between that, um, although we signed some players, we also lost a few players. One of them I was disappointed to see lose was Matt Parsons, who's obviously mm-hmm. gone to Wickham for some game time. And as as um, Albert was saying, the rumour mill goes around after being at the Sheffield Wednesday game. Um, exactly why... Are we playing sort of? Uh, why are we sort of playing a left back on the right side when we've got a right back on the bench? And then um, mm. why are we sending a left back if we're seemingly short of that position 
up to uh, if he's got no confidence in Moxie and he puts him on the bench and then uh, we haven't got um, someone to come in. So, you know, basically we're just no, like, but I, I think... players in positions. And someone like Matt Parsons, I saw him last Monday in the under-21 game and he was the standout player for me. And I, I was really surprised that they let him go. I wasn't surprised when I saw that he'd gone because I know that we've got a lot of fullbacks at the club, but I was surprised by the way he set the team up against Sheffield Wednesday defensively. And then when he changed it, he had other options and he didn't really use them. He kind of like mixed the match and fitted players in. And we had all that last season and, and, and it doesn't really work, you know? Uh, I don't know how you feel about mm. that, Chris. Do you think? You know? I, I, I'm loath to criticise because there's obviously reasons for it. I mean, Dougie's a very, very studious person. Um, I, I can't. Oh, I've just noticed there's a call coming in. It's kind of the wrong time. Um, do you try and call back a little bit later on? It's difficult when it's just me, me trying to talk and answer calls and bring them in. Uh, you don't want to know. But anyway, um, on on that subject, it's very, very uh, difficult. It's like it's if like just take the the right back situation as one. Right, it's pretty clear that Joel Ward, although a very talented young player and someone who's got who's it was, you know, clearly good going forward. He's got that strength. Um, you know, that was pretty obvious in any game I've seen him play. But the f- the thing that was most obvious and was that that he can't stop. He's not stopping any crosses coming in, and we're looking horrifically weak from crosses. And and I just think that that, that Doug is making these decisions to to actually, you know, that it might it might seem odd to us, but. It's like the alternative. No, he, he's the one who's going to know whether the alternative is better. If you know what I mean, I, I, I'm trying. It's difficult, really, to uh, articulate exactly what I mean. Uh, Albert, you wanted to make a point there. Yeah, you know, you're pointing out Joel Ward's attacking qualities, but you know, when you've got a right, you know, a right back that you know that's good at going forward and does it quite often, you know, you need an established quality, you know, couple of centre halves behind him to cover him. Mm. You know, should he get caught, you know, up the wrong end of the field? And at the moment, we're still chopping and changing and trying to choose our. Uh, you know, our two centre halves and what's the best combination. Mm. So, you know, there might be a bit of that. You know, Joel Ward's getting caught out yeah, of no, position and, point, and the centre halves yeah. don't know what they're doing. So it makes him look even worse. You know, that you know, that might be a factor. I, I just I just kind of feel that the the problem with both Ward and, and Martin because people are quite being quite quick to judge on their actual ability as players. And I think that's the wrong thing to be doing at this stage. You know, you can't write a player off after a few games. But what has happened is that we've had a, 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 a you know an incredible change around in, in the defence. Uh, and part of that is Paddy being injured as well, because obviously that was never the plan. And I think if if Martin had come in alongside Paddy, and he played with Paddy in pre-season and looked very solid, uh, and and if obviously with Joe, with Joe Ward had had Paddy nearby telling him what to, you know, just give it, getting him through games, I think that would have made a huge difference. And unfortunately, they've come into a a defence that hasn't hasn't really had that well, until yesterday, which we'll get into. Uh, Mark, just to, on that. Yeah, no, I was just saying the thing. I think the weakest parts I think of Ward and Martin's game is 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 they're not very good in the air, or they don't seem to be very good in the air. And um, they're both youngsters, and they're playing in which is a fairly sort of inexperienced back four, apart from Dean Moxie, who wasn't who didn't start yesterday, and they're all pretty young. And um, and the other, and obviously we're going to talk about um, yesterday shortly, but obviously when we brought in Delaney, 31 years old, he's got experience, and because Paddy, you know, is the skipper, and, you know, he may not be the best centre half we've ever had, but he's certainly a great skipper and a good captain, uh, we're, we're badly missing some direction in defence, and, and I think that's, that's, that's what improved immensely yesterday. 
although we still conceded from a set mm. piece. But I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. so um, it's not it's not right. all sorted. But uh, you know, I think we need it basically because Paddy's been out. It's all been very young, and we haven't. You know, there hasn't been a, a, a natural leader out there, and I think that's why they've been suffering a bit at the back. I think in the well, early part of the season. I'm gonna gonna wrap up the Preston bit now. I'm gonna go to Aaron in a second for a few more of your tweets. Um, but just quickly, I want to round up round up the game. Obviously, it was a four-one defeat. Um, Nicky Rowe got a goal in like the second minute. Uh, again, it was you know, us failing to clear our lines, and quite a lot of it was us failing to clear our lines or or us failing to close down shots, which has been a, a feature of our early season form, unfortunately. Um, Aaron Wilbram got a got a headed goal from a Johnny Williams cross. It was a you know lovely cross by by Williams, who's well, he's actually been operating on the the flanks more and more at the moment. We'll talk about the reasons why that is, at the, you know, and how how at the moment we're going to see him fitting into the side. But um, obviously, yeah, ended four one defeat, and and the comments really from from the people that that went that I, that I talked to, they they said that we you know we had an air of pre season about us, and and that Preston wanted it more. Uh, obviously, it was good to see Apire and De Silva getting their first starts of the season. Good to see Williams back from from the injury he'd taken pre season. Uh, but the factors really, the factors were poor defending and, and fragile confidence. And Graham Wesley said, uh, the, the Preston manager said after the game that he knew that we were there for the taking, and that's never nice to hear from a team in division below you who are, you know, not pulling up trees themselves. So it, it, overall, it was it was a real low point. And, and you know, I'm someone like myself who's very positive about things, I felt very low after that. And I felt even more low by taking the time off work and you know, driven hundreds of miles to go down there and watch it. But um, and credit to the guys who did go down there, I have to say. Um, so, Aaron, we can come to you next, mate. Uh, no? Unfortunately, we don't have any tweets oh. at the moment, but get them in, people. We'd love to make hear everything up. you make have to say up. on the subject. Make one up from make Jim. One up. Jim. Make one up. <laughs> no, don't. Look. Okay, mate, look. Um, so, obviously, you've, you've asked the questions on Twitter, so we'll, we'll keep moving on from that. No, 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 no big deal, really. Um, so, if I could just get your sort of final thoughts really guys on on that defeat against Preston and what what I'm kind of going to is is where you know you see a defeat like that and the game coming up with Sheffield Wednesday you sort of so I mean we, Albert how how low were you after that game uh yeah like you say low but probably not as low as the people that had to make their way back from it mm. yeah um, I think uh, I think uh in a bizarre kind of way Although I didn't like being knocked out of the cup, I didn't like the manner that we approached the game or, and and the result. I think that almost forced Doogie's hand in the transfer market. He mm. he saw that we didn't have enough because we'd just been beaten by a, a team, a league below us, and and pretty much bottom of their own league. Yeah. And, uh, hello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, yeah, so what are you doing? Cut me off. Not, and, not um, no, but I, that almost for that for, forced it. Forced. Uh, <laughs> bleep well, that out. Yeah. That almost yeah. forced Doogie and the board's hand into into delving into the transfer market. So in a in a rather twisted kind of way, it did have some some positive you know aspect on it. That's how I view it anyway. It, you know? it did. Yeah, I, I think that's that's the overriding feeling now with the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. You can see that yeah, it, it, there was a, a fair few things. Not just that result, obviously the result against Bristol City as well. And I think if you if you go back to Bristol City and you think about that four-one thumping, there was some pretty quick action after that. And and again, I'm not gonna. Well, I won't go over Dougie's comments because we're gonna play a little clip from the press conference shortly. Um, 
and then we'll go into that. It's actually the first week this week we managed to get into the press conference ourselves. None of the um, recordings. How did you sneak in? We we just asked permission and we were given it. There was no sneaking involved. There was some sneaking out involved. And also, I felt a little stupid being in there in a palace shirt. It was like, you know, Dougie's talking about the fans. I've just come from an absolutely, you know, insane uh, atmosphere in the Homesdale. I've got an image of you with a little trilby hat on and a, a sweating like a, a microphone <laughs> microphone recorder on a little shoulder strap and yeah, it wasn't quite like that. No, it was me carrying an iPhone wearing a palace shirt, still looking bewildered from the. Much uh, better. Yeah, it was. It was much better. I apologise for Mark's phrasing there. Um, let's just gloss over it, shall we? Um, <laughs> uh, you guys today, I tell you, you always make it difficult for me when I'm having to produce and present. That's my idea. Still, That's our job, but producing you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm producing something anyway. Um, few little plugs for us. Uh, Homestead Radio is doing a blog now. It has mostly been me so far. Ben's done a little preview. Uh, the other guys are promising they'll do something, but they're very lazy. I promise. I promise. Yeah, yeah, you better. Um, not been updated for a while, but it will be updated with the details, the full details of both Dougie Friedman and Dave Jones's comments from the press conference because I've got about 12 minutes of Dave Jones just we don't want to hear off that. the riff. You really don't want to hear it. Like, <laughs> it was all I could do to contain myself, you know, not to sort of step in and go, hang on a second, Dave, you're talking rubbish there, mate. Uh, you know, the ref didn't cost you to go. But anyway, he's, some of the things he said were fantastic, so I want to I want to reproduce them all in their full glory. Um, but, yeah, whole radio, that's H-O-L radio, dot net forward slash blog. Um, if you just visit that, and I'll keep that updated. That's some great feedback on it, which I really appreciate. Um, and, yeah, so there was a couple of articles a few weeks back that, that got some real... Uh, nice attention and thanks for that and hopefully I can produce some similar quality in the future um, also if you want to um, if you want to donate to our running costs you don't have to you can listen to us for free and frankly sometimes the quality is worse than that but um, obviously if you do value what we're doing um, net forward slash donate you can give us a small amount of uh, money to help us do things uh, things such as commentating on the development squad games which we've been allowed to do for every development squad game that will be at Sellers Park we will be providing live commentary um, which is nice and me and Ben really enjoyed ourselves last time so uh, keep an eye out for that how about the oh, you, you've also enjoyed that brand new shiny watch you've bought recently <laughs> why would you even say that that's just not fair um, but anyway like, and the last little thing I want to plug is obviously you have a chance to win Charlton tickets <laughs> I don't know what happened there. I must have accidentally clicked a button of some sort. Some sort of and, um, anyway, um, so basically, yeah, there's um, we're giving away a pair of Charlton tickets um, for the away game coming up. If you want to be in a, with a chance of winning those, you've got to listen to next week's show. I don't really know what next week's show is going to be yet, with it being the international break. But we will be on in some form or other. The email competition at wholeradio.net, that's H-O-L-radio.net. Uh, email your name, your phone number, and your address, if you can. Uh, you'll be automatically entered into the competition. The winner will be announced on next week's show. You must be listening live in order to win. Uh, otherwise, you just, you just simply won't know and you won't, and you won't get your deserved tickets. But the, the tickets are in my hand. Not right now. I can see them, but I, I have them. <laughs> so there's those, um, those uh, two... Yeah, yeah. Anybody that right. has a phobia of clowns need not apply. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, I think it's going to be a fantastic day out. Clowns or pikeys? 
Is that cool? Can you say that? Controversial. Anyway, a quick tweet from Aaron. Aaron. Yeah, it's redandbluearmy.co.uk again. The whole radio, he loves us. And yes, Cholton are clowns. He likes the uh, music (laughs) and the horn. (laughs) Well, this was um, something that we talked about last week. And I was just saying, I really would love it. Absolutely love it. In Kevin and Keegan style there. Um, If we were... You know, just really to, love it. Just, just to, yeah, really, really love it. <laughs> if, uh, love it. if we were to sing that music whilst Charlton are in possession of the ball, I just think it's something that could just go and go. And yeah, anyway, anyway, that's just my little thing, little theory. Um, yeah, just so you know, I mean, the, the game's coming up on that under twenty-one development thing. By the way, are oh, we've got Chelsea, Man City, and Fulham? They're all confirmed at Selhurst. They're all Monday nights. Um, just keep an eye out. I think the first, next one coming up is uh, the twenty-fourth of September. So Monday, 24th of September, it will be Chelsea, and uh, you'll get full commentary from ourselves. Um, yeah, say so it was a lot of fun last time, and I, and I hope you tune in for it. But listen, let's not let's not delay any further. Let's talk about Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, before we do, uh, first thing I'm going to play you is a clip from the press conference of Dougie from yesterday. I'm very happy for the Crystal Palace fans. They've uh, obviously stuck with us by the last three or four games. We were disappointed with the results, not really the performances, but that was a that was a display of uh, character and determination really to repay the Crystal Palace fans who have stuck by us uh, through thick and thin and continue to do that. You know, we all make mistakes, we all lose a few games, but you know, people should have a little look at the Crystal Palace fans and know what it's all about. Uh, I'm happy for them. The only reason I'm disappointed, listen, we all make mistakes, the referee gets it right or wrong, I'm not interested in that. Where I'm disappointed is, you know, 9 or 10 Sheffield Wednesday uh, players surrounds the referee and he changes his mind. The last referees meeting I was in, they was told, if that is the case, then you get booked straight away. That's where I was disappointed, I'm not interested in, in, in was it or was it not. Uh, the turning point for me is when Johnny Williams, our best young player in this division, comes on and turns the game, keeps the momentum going, very positive substitutions from the coaching staff, the good Willie's well, we wanted to go and win the game. I felt that's what we should focus on. Let's focus on good football and good players. We, we, we played a very expansive game today, where we did leave ourselves a little bit vulnerable at times, but I felt going forward we always had that threat, and I felt we've seen that, uh, we seen that today all the way to the end. Uh, I, I can't sit here and, and, and you know not tell you what I think of Johnny Williams. You know when he comes on the pitch, guys, I just sit there and I just I sit back and I'm more relaxed. You know, a wonderful young player. It's, he's brilliant to watch, and I just feel that that's what I want to really be talking about. I want to be talking about you know people like him who come on and, and I've been guilty also guys of the defender I don't give them enough praise but they're there to head and kick it you know Johnny Williams and Wilfred San Young Yannick and you know I thought Maritza was good today we just had that goal threat that's that's that's, that's been missing Okay um, well Dougie's words there very much focusing on the fans again obviously that's only a, a tiny clip of what was said um, I just think I, I can't really express enough just how much Sort of Dougie really, really meant those words, and <clears throat> take you back to what I was saying earlier on about after the Preston game. The players came in after you know winning, and obviously they're all up up because they've just won a game. They won it with a late goal, and they they felt they deserved it because of the penalty incident we'll talk about. And one of the first things that happened is that one one of the players said to Dougie, "Look, you know that that wins for the fans. It's for those people who went to Middlesbrough who, and who went to Preston and who's kept singing our names and, and cheering for us. And he really genuinely meant it. And, you know, it's easy for a manager to make a soundbite. And, and Doug has been very much focusing on the fans uh, in a lot of his um, 
comments recently. I just wanted to make the point that it, it, you know it did come from the players and from Dougie, and and that all your comments are really valued. So you know all your support is really valued. So yeah, there there it is. There was a lot more in that press conference, and we'll get there in a bit. But I'm going to lead us into this with an email from regular listener and contributor Jerry. Uh, Jerry says, hello, Chris and co. Fully deserved win yesterday. Delighted with the team performance against Sheffield Wednesday. From the off, we set the tone displaying determined, entertaining and positive application all over the pitch, looking assured in and out of possession. Uh, this result provides a real lift for the squad. For me, Murray was the man of the match. If we can play to Murray's strengths, we'll get the best out of him and the whole team. Against the Owls, Glenn the Eagle, like most of the team, enjoyed his best game for ages. Didn't appear disaffected. Uh, he was leaner and fitter. His first touch was great, apart from a missed chance in the second half in the 18-yard box. And what I learned about him is that he can indeed lay the ball off via chest, feet and head to our players, run past opponents with or without the ball, and take on the return pass. Great centre-forward and target man, man of the match performance. Uh, and he was made the point, may not be the fastest, but he's a lot quicker than people give him credit for. Um, also a quick mention there, he said for Wilfred Zaha, Wilfred was fantastic playing outside, left turning the players in, inside out, outside in, and chewing them up and spitting them out. Uh, and Balassi was good too, uh, very busy showing eagerness and hunger for the ball. He pointed out Moritz looks real, real quality as a midfield playmaker and just makes a point at the end, we must try and build on this victory, maintaining consistent levels from the individuals that played. Uh, and that the result was, you know, it was more a team performance than anything. And it was one of the best games that he's seen in the championship for a considerable time. Uh, and he ends it with, we'll be all right. Like he ends every email. So thanks for that, Jerry. And there's a lot in there, but obviously the thing I want to focus on to a point, um, I do want to actually make a point that Aaron had a technical error. He says it was with his laptop. I believe it was with his brain and he missed a hell of a lot of tweets from people. Uh, so we will come back and, and talk about those in a little while. Um, but um, if I can just sort of start with you guys, how good was Glenn Murray? Any one of well, you. Well, <laughs> he he was the striker that we bought, you know, from Brighton. He, you know, I I was talking for ages to Terry from Red Blue Army um, after the game and various other people. And all the people that were saying taxi for Murray, I think, were on the boards, was it? Mm, yeah. And, all that. and it just proved that if you get the ball quickly into the six-yard box, Murray will put the ball in the back of the net. And instead of hoofing it and hoping, and we were played... I mean, we could, we're going to talk about the game in you know much more detail, but we played with width yesterday. We looked dangerous going forward. And by playing with width... And create and 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 using Balassi and Zaha, we created the chances for Murray, and and he duly obliged. And that is, if you and uh, if you look at all the goals that Murray scored when he was at Brighton, most of them were in and around the six-yard box from balls played quickly into him, and he scores, you know, with uh, you know a, a touch or or off of his head, um, job done. He looked like a 20-goal-a-season striker yesterday. I know it's only one game, but mm. he did look like... Uh, and he and his his ability to cover the ground was just amazing yesterday. He just ran his heart out. He just, you know, he just, it was just fantastic. And you can see what a goal does for, for a striker. As they say, uh, the strikers like to be loved, don't they? So, you know, he obviously felt a lot of love at Sellers yesterday. Yeah, no doubt. Albert, you sort of agree on or with Mark on Glenn? 
Yeah, I, I'm first to admit whoa, I've not whoa. been as big. Um, you're you're doing that robot thing, mate. You might want to restart your um <laughs> your internet. <laughs> Every time I don't know how he does it. You know, he's he's the only one of us who's actually operating on a Mac. So I think it might be that. But anyway, um. Well, if what I can continue that. About Murray, yeah. Well, my thoughts about Murray. I, I, again, I've not seen him play that well um, since probably his first game uh, against Wigan in the cup last year. Uh, I thought it was, uh, but it was probably better than that because he had so much energy. Uh, he was in. He only had it was only about a two minute press conference with him afterwards, um, where he said a few things like, you know, obviously it wasn't a penalty and all that sort of stuff. But um, but he hadn't really trained all week. Um, it, it, you know, he just literally got rushed back by the physio to, to provide us some. Um, um, that sort of attacking sort of impetus right. we weren't obviously we weren't guaranteed to sign anyone certainly guaranteed to sign good really like we did but um, so he was kind of rushed back by the by the physios and I think Dougie said he's going to give him a couple of days off after after that effort but it was just all effort I was shocked, shocked to sort of see it really because he's not not really been that kind of player since we've had him but um, again as a lot of people have been saying on Twitter give him Give him service, he scores goals, and and that was proven. Um, I wasn't so sure, um, but he, he certainly convinced me. Uh, Albert, you want to try again? Yes. Yay! You're not a robot anymore. <laughs> Good. So let's let's just talk about your thoughts on Murray. Yeah, I'll, I'll be brief. Um, yeah, I've never I've not been his biggest fan over the past you know twelve months, but um, my, you know my main criticism has been he doesn't no he doesn't look as interested but he's not a runner and you know he doesn't chase down but yesterday he was he was all over the you know all over the show i mean that last sort of third of the pitch and he was chasing everything down and it was a couple of great vital headers defensive headers from set pieces where um uh you know, yeah he was brilliant i i'm the first to admit that i've not been his biggest fan but yesterday was brilliant and if he plays you know half as good as that for the rest of the season then we'll be all right all right uh, mark you want to make one last little point yeah, I just thought that apart from obviously scoring the goals and 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 his his work rate, I thought his touches and his layoffs were were tremendous. I mean, yeah, it, definitely. It, it was you know it was just a joy to watch. I mean, it, you know, we've been waiting for him to deliver, uh, and and he duly did on Saturday, and it was it was just superb to watch. It's great. I was really, really happy for him no, and was, for everyone at the club, you know. I think you can as well, because obviously there's always rumours, certainly, with a player like him who kind of outwardly appears fairly, fairly negative. Uh, not negative, but negative's the wrong word. He just he looks like a sort of player who's a sulker, doesn't he? He, he looks quite down all the time. You know, when, he's, when it's not going for him, he's sort of heads down and his body language is all wrong. Um, but you can just see how much the other players, you know, were happy for him getting both those goals and... In the celebrations, and, and certainly the second goal celebrations were just absolutely out of this world. It was, you know, it was it was pretty pretty special stuff down there. Certainly, certainly in the homestead where Murray ran over to. So, I just yeah, I'm I think he's shown a, a few different things there. You know, he showed that he can. I mean, he kind of we talked all this time about him not being a lone striker, but he kind of showed that he could. He's good enough to do that. Um, but I think it was the support of Moritz in the first half, and then having someone coming on to play alongside him in David Goodwood in the second half. I think it just got the best out of him. I kind of I kind of think it lifted him uh, and lifted his level of performance as well. So plus he's probably you know probably hungry for a bit of um bit of football because he's he's been out, he's been injured. It's you know it's not good for anyone really. Um and two goals is great. It's it's sending him on the on the right path. Um Aaron on on these sort of subjects have you got any tweets for us? 
<clears throat> uh, yeah, we certainly have. Um, quite a few reacting to how the Sheffield Wednesday fans reacted to the uh, referee, uh, Adam Finch, on here. Uh, he was disappointed the way the players reacted, and they have no respect for officials now. Uh, Will Britton, uh, comparing the two games of Preston and Sheffield Wednesday, uh, the Preston game was dire, wrong team selection and no organisation at the back of the centre midfield, uh, but on comparison, Sheffield Wednesday was great. And uh, Peter Robinson says, it's an entertaining show as always, guys. Great performance yesterday. Maybe Hambo should get up late more often. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Pete. Um, yeah, I very nearly missed the game yesterday, but I managed to oversleep by two hours. But as uh, yeah, as he, he knows from following me on Twitter and then abusing me at the game. Uh, but yeah, no, nah, cheers, Pete. Good, glad to see you listening. Um, I th- yeah, it's, it's yeah. I can't really can't really disagree with any of that. Dave Jones's comments are something I want to talk about. I suppose now is a. As good a time as any to talk about those. Um, being in that press conference, I had to listen to well over 12 minutes of him moaning. Uh, and I see from Sky coverage and the BBC coverage, there was even more that I didn't see. So you obviously got pretty angry about it. And I suppose, you know, your first defeat in what, 18, 19 games, wherever it was, is probably quite upsetting. But but he absolutely, you know, he was he was convinced that the game turned uh, on on that decision that was given and then overturned. So I mean, we all, we all, hopefully we all know what it is. If you don't, um, I'll just run it very very quickly through it. Uh, ball came in. Glenn Murray uh, was challenged in the area. Uh, referee who was ten yards from it gave a penalty. Um, if you look at Glenn Murray's face when it's given, he looks slightly confused, and that's that's the first little clue for you. Um, but anyway, the Sheffield Wednesday players were incensed. They ran over to the officials. Um, Chris Kirkland in particular hands on the referee sort of demanding that things got changed so a whole load of confusion it looked like he dis- he, he you know refused the penalty and then Garvin ended up putting the ball back on the spot so it looked like it had been given again there's a whole load of confusion and people getting more and more angry and confronting each other on the pitch it was an absolute mess the, the referee totally lost the game um, and as it turned out the result was a drop ball which the referee refused to allow the Palace players to contest because it was so close to the um to the net so I mean you, you sort of come out of that and I mean Glenn Murray said in his press conference player got the ball no way was it a penalty straight away said that so obviously the right decision has been reached but Jones's comments were that doesn't matter it was the right decision he got the fans angry which it did and after that he said he said this, these words and this is what I want to comment on he said we couldn't make a tackle after that so Albert um, is that the case can Sheffield Wednesday not make a tackle after the crowd gets slightly boisterous how badly am I allowed to swear? <laughs> you can. You don't call him the words you called him pre-show. It, uh, okay. <laughs> All the. <laughs> I won't go into that. Um, he. Uh, it was. I. I was on the bus home and I read. I think it was Rich Corley was putting some stuff on Twitter from yeah. his comments, and I. I honestly I couldn't believe what I was reading. Uh, the most ridiculous. One of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. You know. They, it, it, you know, it wasn't a penalty at the time. I didn't know it all happened so quick, but the whole manner of it was, you know, ridiculous as well. But you know, they came to the right decision. And how he can? Would, would he rather the penalty was given and we went, you know, went a goal ahead that way? Because he wouldn't have been happy about that. I, I, I am stunned. I'm, I've never read anything like it. Yeah, um, I have to agree. It's like yeah. the most bizarre sort of situation that I think I've almost ever witnessed in. You know, in a scenario, really, sort of penalty given and then not given, and then the manager then blaming the fact that it was not given on 
them losing the match. It was just yeah. absolutely... I mean, it was the weakest excuse you could possibly come up with was to, to blame the fact that the opposition weren't given a penalty for your team then going on to lose the game. Mm. It's like, it, it just doesn't make sense. He was just... I mean, he was obviously angry that he'd lost to what was then the bottom side in the, in the league and the manner of probably the late... L- losing a goal after 20-odd seconds and then losing another goal towards the end. And uh, just a bad loser. He was clutching yeah. at straws that weren't there to be clutched in the first place. Um, That's absolutely right. Uh, I, look, I, I can't really... Again, I think people got the diluted version of it as well. That's the worst thing about it. Um, he, you know, he went properly insane. <laughs> I really have to say, it's the the most angry I've I've seen a man. Well, he's kind of angry in his miserable way. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. But I mean, he said he basically he got asked the question, you know, did you go and see the referee? And he said, there's absolutely no point. And he kept repeating the phrase, I don't know where they go to learn. I don't know where they go to to get you know to get their their idea of how to referee a game. Which I thought was interesting because Dougie came out um, into his into our, our part of the press conference and said, look, um, I don't mind whether the, the decision's right or wrong, frankly. But what I do mind is ten Sheffield Wednesday players surrounding the referee when we've been specifically told by officials that what we can't do is surround the referees when they make a decision we don't agree with. You know, right or wrong, you don't do it. And they were told that every player who did would get, would get a yellow card. Yet no yellow cards were shown, and the decision was overturned. And yeah, yeah, the right decision was made, but for Dave Jones to look at that and say that turned the game, when Dougie made the point, the turn that what turned the game was bringing John Williams on. You know, he he was out of this world and just added a completely different dimension to us at a time where we really needed it. And I, Chris, did I, anyone actually did anyone actually find out? Sorry to interrupt about what you're saying about um, John Williams, but did anyone actually find out what why it wasn't actually given? The like what well, the lino actually said to the ref that made yeah. because uh, I you know it, it all got kind of lost in translation. It was just yeah, no, it was well. There's there was a subsequent tagging on of um, the idea that it might have been offside, but the, it was certainly didn't flag for offside when I saw it. But the reason was that it was a clean tackle and that the linesman apparently uh, once Although he was he was eighty no, he yards was, yeah, away. further away and said no, and overruled it and said no, referee, it's a clean tackle. Well, then people tell me who were close enough to the linesman so tell me that actually the linesman was saying I can't be sure, I don't know, I can't be sure. Um, the only thing I heard um, directly from Dave Jones was him saying that the fourth official agreed with him and that he decided that his team were not going to let it go until it was overturned. And that how is. It's wrong. I just don't, so wrong, it's not it? the way the game is, is it? You, 
mistakes get made. It's like us going, well, actually, you know, if that Clive Allen goal had counted all those years ago, we'd have had a completely different history. So what I want us to do now is go back to, you know, that point in time and, and we'll completely replay it. And it is, it. <laughs> it's mental. It's absolutely mental. and Skinner sort of thing. And that was, that yeah. was the most disappointing thing, you know. It was, you know, the right, again, the right decision was reached in the end, but it's the fact that, you know, you had all those players surrounding the ref and the linesman for a good four or five minutes and the yellow card didn't come out once. And if you start flashing that around, yeah, yeah. people are going to leave you alone. Absolutely. Um, you're going to have to turn down your volume, mate, if you can, because uh, we've got a caller, but we can hear ourselves through the call. Hello, mate. Hello. You right? <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Thanks. How are you? Not too bad. Is that serial thriller, is it? No. Yeah, certainly is. Well, I'm it's sure. been a while since I, uh, since I even listened to the show. Been a oh, bit thanks. Busy. That's a bold admission. <laughs> I thought I'd, thought I'd uh, come and give my views. Okay, um, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I um, haven't been, haven't really been going to the Palace that much, but I've been to both games this week. They were my first games of the season, so I think I can give a, a good comparison uh, between the two games. Um, Preston wasn't despite what a lot of people have been saying, wasn't as bad as maybe 4-1 scoreline suggests. In that, I mean, our defence was just absolutely useless. I mean, they really looked like they just, you know, didn't know that they were playing with each other in the same team. Mm. But going forward, we actually looked really, you know, as if we were going to create chances, particularly second half. I mean, first 20 minutes, we were dire. And 2-0 was pretty much game over after that. But going in to the second half, the number of crosses that Zaha and Williams and people like that were putting across, um, just asking for somebody like Murray to take a gamble and get in front of the, um, the defenders. I mean, we should have got four or five goals in that second half. Oh, really? I mean, obviously, obviously the Preston game was really disappointing. I mean... 200, 150 miles or whatever it is um, there and back was not good but I could see I mean I wasn't expecting the result yesterday but I could yeah. see us improving and I was quite pleased to see us playing a bit of attacking football and yeah, I well, thought if we got the defence sorted we would be alright Would you say that we were any more expansive yesterday than we were against Preston in terms of our attacking play? Um it's difficult to say in some ways because obviously when you fall one down, there's much less less to lose than there is when you're playing a championship match against the team second in the league, rather than beaten for 19 games. So I would say in some ways it was more impressive yesterday that we really had a go at them. And I think so many of our fans, I mean, um, have been calling for something like the performance that we put in yesterday for so long just a bit of entertainment and just to keep on going right to the end, playing an attacking formation. Um, that was good to see. But, you know, they were very similar chances that we were making yesterday to the ones we were making at Preston. But this time we had a striker who had a bit of anticipation, who wasn't scared to take a risk to try and yeah. get in a position where he could score. And both of his goals came from crosses across the box where he just, peeled off the defender and nodded home and he should have got another one 
um, yeah. very similar to that where he just missed it. So um, yeah, I think he was offside on that one in the end. But um, what I was going to say to you, like what, what you're talking about there, is is there's a lot of people who. Um, well, obviously, you've seen the kind of I told you so threads after a defeat, and you've seen them now, I told you so threads after a win, with people saying, oh, see, Dougie's great after all, blah, 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 when we all know the truth is somewhere in the middle, right? But obviously, one of the things that people are saying who, who have been on the negative side have said, no, actually, all we've ever said is we want, we want the team to play attacking football and we, we yeah. want to take some and we want to take some risks and we want to get crosses to Glenn Murray and he will score. Now all of those things happened in that one game and those people are feeling slightly smug and vindicated at the moment and rightly so to a point. Um but I, I'm one of those people who always argued that actually it's not really that simple to to just suddenly click your fingers and, and attack a team. And I'll give you a little bit more information before I ask you the question. And uh, Ramsey, who hopefully is listening, told me he'd spoken to Johnny Williams outside the club. And one of the things that uh, Ramsey had asked, or maybe his son asked Johnny Williams, was um, why, why do you guys play so defensively, uh, tactically? And Johnny's um, point was, we don't. It's not how we, we're told to play. It just kind of happens. We just we feel we're forced into it during a game kind of thing. So if you take that into account, is it? Am I am I am I wrong by saying it's not that simple? Did it just was it just proven that it is that simple? Um, that's a difficult one to say. I mean, I think the Johnny Williams uh, points are quite an inter- is quite an interesting one because I do I do kind of see where he's coming from, and I don't think any team really sets up to be massively defensive, and a lot of it is due to the other the other team coming on. Uh, you know, strong and forcing them into mistakes. But I do think that a lot of it is down to the players that Freeman's brought in. Like, I thought Moritz yesterday and at Preston really impressed. And when when you've got players like that, you have much more of a licence to get forward and really express yourself um, in attack. I mean, the team we played yesterday, the front four were just brilliant. I mean, all of them looked like they were you know, going to create goals, going to score goals. And we just didn't have that at the end of last season. We just were relying so much on Zaha. And uh, I think that's got to be a large factor, is that when you've got players like that going forward, you don't feel so forced into being uh, playing quite a defensive mm. system. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And you've touched on a couple of themes that we're going to go into in, in, a, in a short while about sort of the freedom that Wilf was given and the fact that he didn't see quite as much of the ball. But... Yeah, I actually thought that Zaha, I mean, I said it on the Homsdale, I thought Zaha had quite a poor game yesterday. But he did set up one of the goals. He did have a massive part in the first one as well. And when he I should have had a penalty in the second half? Yeah, he sh- well, I think he took a dive for that from where I was standing. <laughs> but yeah. um, His shirt was getting pulled all over the shop for that for me. Yeah. I tell um, you, I did. I, it was a shirt pull, wasn't there, at some stage? I did, did notice About that. five minutes yeah. before the. Murray penalty incident. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, when I was looking at the Sheffield Wednesday fans commenting on the game, they were all saying, "Why is Zaha still playing for a team like that? He's much too good in this league." And I mean, if that Zaha having a poor game and he has that sort of effect on the match, you know, he is something special. And him and Williams, when you've got them in the team, we should be be able to create chances and score goals. So, I mean, Zaha's a brilliant player, but I do think he's going to enjoy a lot having players playing alongside him who can take a bit of the punt. I re- went to Brighton last year with my brother, who doesn't really get to many games, 
And the thing that he really commented on, despite us winning 3-1, was the fact that if we had another Zaha on the wing, mm. then Zaha wouldn't have three players on him all the time. <laughs> and he'd be able yeah. to have a bit more, bit more space on the ball and he could do a lot more. And I think that was quite a good point. And I think with Moritz and Williams and Velassi, he's going to have you know, a bit more space on the ball, a bit more time, less players on him. And I think That's... that can only be a good thing. Absolutely, mate. Well, I totally agree. Look, that's a great place to leave that there. Um, I think Ross is trying to get in touch as well as a, as a call, so I'm going to let you go, mate. But um, fantastic call. Really appreciate it, mate. And um, uh, cheers, yeah, hopefully, sir, hopefully you'll be a few more games now. <laughs> if you yeah, can. well, I've, I've, yeah, I'll sure, hopefully we'll make it down to a few, particularly if we keep on playing like that. And yeah. uh, i just got to say, did I really hear when I first um, started listening tonight you advertising the Freemasons? Um, there, there was a um, an email from from a palace supporting guy uh, who with the Freemasons who did a bit of charity work that Wilf was involved in. So yeah, it's the short answer. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll say I'll say no more about that subject. Oh, right. How's your cousin in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, moving swiftly on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, anyway, well, cheers, buddy. Thanks yeah, for getting in touch, man. Right. Soon. Bye. Uh, some fantastic points there raised. Um, again, and I, want, I do want to come back to a few of those. Um, we've got all sorts of uh, tweets and messages from you guys. I'm gonna, hopefully Aaron's ready to, to come up with a few that we can talk about. Aaron? Yes. Aaron, there you are. Yes, I'm here. Uh, oh, how much we have? Shall I read them out now? Yes? Well, yeah, go. Yeah, go. Yes, yeah. let's go. That's your Probably. job tonight, if, if you want to do that. Yeah, awesome. yeah well, let's go for it. <clears throat> uh, regarding Dave Jones, Red and Blue Army, uh, completely, unbelievably, notoriously <laughs> terrible. I'll let you work that one out for yourselves, what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <look. laughs> uh, regarding uh, the winger situation, uh, many agreeing with Serial Thriller there. Uh, Henry Garwood, exactly how it should have been last year. Two wingers feeding Murray and he will score the goals. And we also have, uh, we put out, who was your man of the match for yesterday? Uh, a few saying it was Murray. Lee Ward said it was Murray. Uh, Samuel Margot said it was Bolassi. I believe that's pronounced right. Yep, and yep. Red and Blue Army also wants us to talk about Owen Garvin saying how great he was yesterday. Well, that's actually yeah, a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, um, yeah. I've got some thoughts your, on that. Yeah. I'll, I'll come to you in a moment, Mark. Just yeah, no worries. A little bit, so we'll have a chat about Garvin because yeah. it's exactly, yeah, it's a good good topic. Uh, I want to pick up on Ben Mitchum who talked talking about Murray. He said, uh, all this panic over a new striker, we've got one under our nose. Time to play to his strength and we'll score loads. Which has actually come out as a, as a poem there. So well done, Ben. You've done pretty well then, mate. Um, there's all sorts of other things. Just uh, someone yeah. else uh, saying, uh, talking about Murray again, M14 on Twitter. Thought Murray looked like a new player. He was class. Uh, and then he says he just scores when he wants. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, he did look like a new player. And as you said, uh, and uh, you just alluded to a minute ago, Chris, everyone's showing we want, you know, we need a strike in the transfer window. You know, we can't score any goals. And, and you know, what we bought players to support a striker, which was what we basically needed, because we have strikers. And, and obviously, uh, yeah. you know... Oh. I, and another thing, I was going to go into the transfer market thing uh, about, I mean, I saw Steve Brout on Monday and um, it was only in the club shop and he was buying his uh, kids some, some bits and bobs. And um, 
I, and he said, oh, did you go to this game, whatever. And we just had him in a quick uh, chinwag. And then um, he, uh, I said to him, that was uh, a bit out of the blue, three signings in one day. And he said, yeah, yeah. And he said, and, uh, and a couple more to come, he said to me on, on Monday. And, I, and for all the slating that everyone was giving them, we yeah. brought in five new players. And you've got to take your hats off to Doogie Freeman and the board. They said they were going to bring in new faces. They did. They may not have all been their first choices, you know, mm. the, uh, but they bought in players and, you know, they probably hadn't even had a training session, some of them. And, uh, and, and the improvement was just um, outstanding, you know. It was, just, it was just like watching a new team and the players looked right. like a new life breathed into them. No, you're right, Mark. Absolutely right. I'm just going to quickly name check a few people who did um, tweet us earlier on when we had some technical issues yeah. with, with Aaron's brain. Uh, Harry Bill was um, talking about the cup run, and he said, obviously, presented Dougie prevents Dougie from using it as an excuse for a poor second half of the season. One way of looking at it. Um, Vanessa said, obviously, um, last year was great for the fans. I actually read that one out. Uh, Paul Ross, I don't think it's that one. Said we're just going to miss the money side of the cup. And a few more tweets from uh, there was uh, Dave, who's Dodge CPFC, Dan King. Um, they're both sort of saying yeah, that the, the, the league form deteriorated, so it's best to get out of that cup. So, those were from earlier on. Um, Sam Ward is uh, slightly defending Joel Ward. Oh, I wonder if they're related. Um, he said he think he did all right, it was just weak when players cut inside. Uh, CPFC Tom said Paul was struggling versus Antonio against Sheffield Wednesday, so perhaps Moxie was brought on to solve this problem. As far as I know, it was Darcy Blake actually got an injury because well, I saw him injure himself. Uh, whether that's actually the case or not, I'm not 100%, but I think so. I think he collided with Delaney and landed a bit weirdly on his, uh, on his yeah, right he leg. he off at half-time. Mm. Is that yeah. a medical assessment, is it? A bit weirdly. That is, yeah, a bit, weird, <laughs> bit weirdly. He's got a weird leg, he's got. Um, All right. Um, Alex White has said um, we might have changed for the playoffs if we hadn't had that cup run. Um, Paul Ruskin, Delaney looks like he could be a good signing. Liking the look of Blake, opinion is out on more than mine, which is fair. I think we've covered that. Um, Again, and we'll gain a similar similar thing really on on Martin and Ward needing time at best really. Uh, and he made the point actually that Ward. There was a lot of people after Ward, including I think Leeds and Ipswich. So he's obviously got something, and I think that he's sh- he's shown he's got something. Just perhaps wrong time for him. A um, few things from Lee Ward, but uh, we'll come to. He's got he's put some more in, so we'll come to this in a bit. Uh, <laughs> is that good? It's a good make song. That, make that noise while I'm filling. <laughs> oh dear. Um, just a quick tweet, uh, tweet I'm going to pick up from Terence at redbeyond.co.uk he's uh, remi- reminding we were talking about this yesterday funny enough he said two seasons ago he went to watch uh, Bristol Rovers at Charlton wearing a clown mask ah that's going to be good might might do the same at this away game um, yeah and uh, yeah again uh, Will Britton said uh, Preston game was die wrong team selection no organisation at the back or centre Sheffield Wednesday was great so there's a huge contrast there a few other bits and pieces lots of people praising Murray uh, Stuart Jack uh, Ryan Alex White again. Um, Lee Ward, Lee Ward, Lee man Ward of the match. all praising yeah. Murray, um, and which is absolutely bang on. So hopefully, I've got through a few of those for you guys, um, and we'll be a bit more. Now we can actually read the tweets, and um, we'll be a bit more attentive to the stuff you send in. So, oh, there, I'm knackered now. Uh, we got a little tweet later on from Pete Robinson that we're going to we're going to pick up pick up on because uh, it's a good question to end on. Um, but in the meantime, we want to talk about Garvin, Mark. Indeed, like a new player, but. Uh... Uh, it was interesting how he's sort of um, he he's almost like he's turning into a box to box midfielder. I know it sounds completely bizarre, but you know, having what we've seen, you know, we've seen glimpses of Garvin, 
we know he can pass the ball. We know he's, he can take a free kick and he's got a, a good shot on him and so forth. But to get the best out of him, we need to play in the formation that we played yesterday, which was basically it was five in midfield. I would, you know, you can argue, but I basically think we were playing four five one yesterday. And uh, the wide men obviously being Zahar and Balassi supporting Murray. And he really got stuck in. And uh, he was constantly picking the right pass, even at the simple pass. And even and and he fashioned himself a couple of half chances as well. And uh, I think this this playing with two defensive midfielders, KG and Jedinak being the case, doesn't really work. I don't think it ever really worked. And, uh, uh, it, it's... it's, it's <laughs> I, uh, you can hear yourself because Ross needs to turn down his uh, his his internet feed for a moment. Hopefully that's yeah, all right. Mark, sorry, mate. Carry say, on. Yeah, I was just to say the Jedi KG partnership. We don't really need to uh, play two defensive midfielders on the evidence of yesterday uh, because he was he was a beast yesterday, uh, Jedi. He can do that job on his own. He doesn't need you know he can sit in the back in front of the back four on his own and dictate things and get stuck in and make the challenges, and then that frees up uh, somebody like Williams or Garvin to sort of uh, take the ball forward rather than sideways and back, which is I think, the way it's gone, you know? I That's my so thought. Nice to see, yeah, no, it's so nice to see Owen Garvin getting, um, getting 90 minutes under his belt on a kind of repeated yeah. basis. I think he's growing and growing as a player when he does that. And, you know, he yesterday, not only was he winning tackles, which we've seen him do, but he, he was winning headers in midfield. I never thought I'd see the day. He's really he's, getting stuck in yesterday. Yeah. Like, you know, he was, you know, you, you always sort of see him, he, he sort of has a strange run about him, doesn't he? And he kind of yeah, looks, yeah, yeah. looks, everything looks a bit sort of half-paced and a bit awkward, you know? But yesterday, he really looked like he was enjoying himself. And as you say, he got a full 90 minutes rather than a bit part. And, and, and I thought he was a bit of an unsung hero yesterday. You know, a lot of spotlight, obviously, on the new signings and on, on um, Jednak in midfield and obviously on Murray for his goals and his work rate. But I think Garvin was kind of the unsung hero, hero went under the radar. Not a lot of people mentioned him after the game, but I think he, he was really, really important factor in that win yesterday. OK, well, I'm probably going to come back and get Albert's views on that and maybe one other thing that he's threatening to talk about. Uh, but I want to, because I've brought, you can probably hear him in the background there, Ross Phillips. Yeah. Okay, go, Ross, you're right, buddy. G'day. Yay, there he is. Where the hell are you in the world at the moment? Uh, I'm in Ostrava, Czech Republic. Oh, fantastic. Um, did you listen to the game yesterday? Yes, and basically all I wanted to say was I was so happy after full time. Like when that whistle went, so much relief and just so much joy, so much adrenaline in my body. I was, I was loving it. So so happy that we finally won a game. Yeah, I mean, you get excited at the best of times, mate. But yeah, it was um, it's after that, it's just been horrific, isn't it? This start to the season just felt so low, and every week it just seemed to get worse. And just yeah. that massive release of frustration at the end of that. Yeah, I just felt like all this pressure just just came out, and it was uh, I was screaming like an idiot in in, in my house, <laughs> just all by myself listening to the game. Neighbors <laughs> must have thought I was yeah, absolute yeah, nutter. But um, no, it's good. Where do you are. Thanks. <laughs> it's yeah, good okay. to... Are you going to have to move country again? <laughs> it's good listening yeah, to you. Yeah, got thrown out of there. Mark, stop talking over Ross. Ross, sorry, mate. You're saying good listening to a game? Yeah, at, at a decent time, it's only an hour's difference. So, uh, yeah, yeah. it's quite good. But I was, I was really, I was really when I was listening to it, and I was hearing the fans. I was missing it, and I was wishing I was there so much. 
Yeah, such a shame, mate. You missed it. Like, you, you, yeah, it was, it was an amazing moment. Like, it was proper goosebumps when when Murray scored that second goal. You know, obviously, no, I'm glad he went to the wrong game. I should have got. I went. To the it did. Game. <laughs> yeah, so I've got your, your tickets to that, didn't I? I'm sorry about that, mate. <laughs> but um, if you think as well how close we were to winning that game against Watford as well, like. Our home performances haven't actually been terrible, really. It's just, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It would have, it made it all, it made it so much better. Just, just. It, it is individual errors that have cost us a lot of the goals this season. Nah, it's a very, very good point, actually, mate. I mean, we've we've seen so many. Just, yeah. I mean, Moxie against um, Bristol City was was it was sort of typifies it really a player who has you know he's never been bad for Palace he's always been at a certain level quite often he's been brilliant and he just couldn't even couldn't even trap a football for, for whatever reason but I mean Ross do you think it's you know do you think this is it this is the turning point or is that just too optimistic and we should be a bit more cautious um, I hope so I think the individual errors will kind of stop happening the more and more games we play I think maybe some of them are a bit rusty um, but I think the individual individual errors will stop, and um, I reckon with these attacking players that we brought in, it'll it'll be um, it'll take uh, take off some pressure off the defence, and hence hopefully some of the errors will stop. But uh, I'm excited. I'm ex- I'm more excited about the season than I was than what I was at, um, you know after the last three losses. Um, yeah, I think that we can actually you know move up the table now and put it behind us. Yeah, it's early enough to still do something, isn't it? It's early enough in the season to you kind of get if, you, if we've really got this out of the way, we've got this bad spell out of the way. You know, there's there's everything to play for still, isn't there? Four points off playoffs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's that's the way I'm going to look at it as well, mate. I tell you. Um, hey, Chris, right, buddy. I met on Saturday on Watford game. Um, uh, Gianfranco Zola. No, I met Staffy. Oh, did you? Yeah. Is he actually real? He's not like a moderator robot he, thing. He is real. If he's listening, hello. He's a really, really nice guy. It was really, really good to finally meet him. Oh, fantastic. So I say mate. thanks to all the things that he's done. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he does so much for people on homestyle.net. He's such a great guy. But uh, actually, I've never met uh, him I love, I love the website. I met loads of people on Saturday from from the Homestyle website. Um, like you, Mark, Stupanley, Ben, um, Penn Jeagle, I met. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man 13 I met him at the White Horse. I um, saw you after the game. Yes. Al- yes. Albert. You saw Albert. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Almost got, almost got you. Um, <laughs> yeah, see. almost. Stuart Eagle, Freeman One Legend. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I saw I saw eight people from the website. It was great. But it was good because it was my last game, so I got to catch up with everyone. So. Yeah. And with Tommy, uh, Tommy and Tony... And just before we let you go, before we let you go, mate, are you going to come back anytime soon? Um, I might be tempted if I win the tickets to Charlton. <laughs> <laughs> Have you Play the music. Play the music. You can't hang on. Every time you word mentioned, I was just so card. slow. I really, I really wanted. The best I can give you is this. Hey. There we go. Uh, All right. Cheers, Ross. No worries. Take care, buddy. Speak to you soon. Bye. Um, uh, how do I hang up? Oh, he's done it for me. Brilliant stuff. That answers that question. Well, listen, we've got a few tweets coming in about Garvin. I'm going to read um, yeah. read a, one out myself, I believe. I scrolled a little bit too high and I've got a troubles, troublesome phrase. Let's scroll that back down. Um, Chris Russell said he can tackle no massive improvement. Uh, man of the match. 
and Spiegel says got to be Murray um, for man of the match two goals and one a lot in the air uh, Anthony Peacock says uh, man of the match was Murray as well um, Aaron's giving me a mixture of tweets there Aaron yeah uh, Mason De Rosario uh, thinks that Garvin actually hasn't improved it's just about time he's finally been given the chance uh, we've also got Brad Cab. Uh, if Garvin would have been brought in the summer, everyone would be raving about him. He has his critics due to a poor start with us. Uh, Craig Chapman says he doesn't think Garvin's any better, just the players around him now are more comfortable receiving the ball and offer options to him. Yeah, that's a very good good point. He's, I see he's, um, he's got Moritz hashtagged in there, and that's a good a place as any to go to Albert. Yes. Now, <laughs> he's not yeah, he is, he's very handsome. Yeah. <laughs> Can you no, please think, not do uh, what you threatened to do? Let's talk no, about... No, I would never do that. Oh, OK. Uh, I thought he was... <laughs> I mean, only, what, 60 minutes yesterday? Yep, yep. I thought he was... At, if, if he'd have done that for the 90 minutes, he'd have even overshadowed Glenn Murray. I thought he was unbelievable. Um, you know, he's... You sort of... Again, the first time I've seen him, you, you hear Brazilian and you think it's going to be some small, you know, you know fast feet low centre of gravity type player but you know he's a bit of a unit and he was he was creating as much good stuff in the attacking third of the field as he was getting involved in the defensive duties as well and um, I thought him and Zaha linked up brilliantly um, just really good touches simple really sort of intuitive uh, what a player and if yeah. whoever's in charge of printing out contracts at the club should be uh, printing one out tomorrow for more longer than a year yeah, I mean, I, you can kind worry, of yeah. understand at the time we make the signing that, that it, it feels like a risk. And he'd been with the club, I think, five days before we signed him. So, And Dougie said it was through his contacts at Rangers that he'd basically been contacted. And it turns out that his agent is former Palace player Andy Gray. So, um, But, yeah, so he, so we've kind of, Dougie sort of said to Andy Gray, get him down if we want, I want to see him. He's played in a practice match and there and then we've signed him, which is not really the way we tend to operate. Um, but you can see why, can't you? It's just, there's just something very special about him. He did fade. I think it's fair to point out he did fade in that second half and it was the right point to replace him with um, David Goodwin. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. But, but it, like you say, the link play up top with, I mean, obviously he, he managed to support everyone, didn't he? He supported Murray brilliantly. Uh, by getting up alongside him and being an option when when the ball was hit long, but he seemed to drift. He just drifted around in a free, drifted around in a free roll, and it was like it's almost like Darren Ambrose with work rate, wasn't it? It was it was just something pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah he, he was always shouting for the ball and always shouting. I think um, the thing was he he did everything. He made everything look very simple. You know, he 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 had good. He's got good strength and vision, obviously, and he plays a simple pass well. And he was playing the odd one-two, but he 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 was holding this position where he was able to either support Murray, as you said, Chris, or fire the ball out wide to Balassi and Zaha, and that's where where you know the game really changed for us in terms of you know what we've seen previous this season and a lot towards the latter end of last season is is uh, all down the middle and no width, and he was able to sort of sit there pick up pick up the beast bits and pieces and thread these balls to, to to the wide men, pull their defense out, and then Murray, instead of you know having six defenders on top of him when he's in the six yard box, he only had like to beat one or two defenders because they'd all mm. been pulled away and out from the from yeah, you know, it, the center of the park. That's how I looked at it from where I was sitting anyway. No, I agree mate, totally. I I think I think in a in a way 
it's the old adage, isn't it, of, of sometimes attack being the best form of defence. And I was making this point earlier on as, um, in in the season um, when we're struggling, saying that the problem we have is we can't keep the football. And when you bring someone like Moritz in, who that's what he's all about. You know, he, he's a player you can just give the ball in any situation, and he's going to control it. And not only is he going to control it, but he's going to find someone else with it. And not only is he going to find them with it, he's going to find the right person with it, and he's going to play the ball in the right way to them. So it's and the more people you get doing that, the more it kind of feeds into what other people are doing, and you, and it bring it brings Owen Garvin's game up because he's a great passer of a football and someone who can just be given the ball and told, you know, off you go, mate. And then as as Mark's just saying in in, in chat, like Belassi as well as a player, you can just give the football and he'll run with it and he'll do something. And suddenly you're looking at the squad and you're thinking, as an attacking force, we've just got suddenly out of almost out of nowhere. We've got so much more. And then what really, really shocks you is you look around and you think, hold on a second, John Williams is on the bench. Like, you know, where the hell does he fit in? Who am I going to drop to bring Johnny Williams in? And I want to ask you guys that before we um, talk a little bit more. I know we've got a couple of tweets to come in that, that we want to get to um, and various other little bits and pieces. But but where does Johnny Williams fit in, guys? Albert? Oh, no, 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 no. Don't be a robot again. Mark? Uh, well, you would say based on on yesterday's team performance that um, that uh, it's it's difficult to fit him into the current system. But uh, looking at it long term, I would say that basically John Williams is. Remember, he broke his leg last last year. He's been eased back. He came back like Murray did a lot quicker than. Um, he was. We were expecting him back. I mean, someone yep. told me that he was only jogging last week, and then all of a sudden, he he's in the squad for the match on Saturday. So, you know, I think that Doogie. I mean, he said it several times, and I think you know the physio staff have said that they're going to ease him back gently. So I, I can see Williams sort of um, being on the bench for a little while and being given those periods to come onto the pitch and change a game like he did on Saturday. And, I, and you know, uh, I suppose if you're going to rotate him, I suppose you'd take um, Moritz off uh, and bring Williams on and play play him, I suppose, in that mm. position. It's difficult That's, to know, it's, really. It's they're, very, he's, they're both creative players, but they're very different. So, you know, I, I'm not really... I haven't... You know, we haven't seen enough of the new players to be able to say, you know, mm. where is John Williams... Is it best that he plays with this player or that player or in this position? I think we just have to see how things pan out, you know. Yeah, but also the, the thing about the thing also about Garvin was, I mean, he's had his he's been knocked a lot and he's had his issues and whatever. But also he's another player who's who's had a lot of injury problems as well. So, mm. um, you know, a, a lot of his good work is forgotten because uh, you know he was struggling to come back from injury for you know most of the time he's been here. And then he kept breaking down again. So you know, it's uh, it'll be interesting to see yeah, if, if we get a few games under his belt, then we may see uh, a, a different player. But as somebody has already said, it's the people that are around him also that that make him play uh, the way he does. So yeah, that's fair, fair point. I could just bring Albert back back in on this. If, if, okay, let's be let's be brutal about it. I think John Williams is possibly our best, if not one. Well, one of our best, if not our best player, right? So if I'm going to pick someone, I think, and again, we've just been praising him, but for me, Owen Garvin will come out and I'll play John Williams in the centre midfield. Do you think Johnny Williams can play that role good enough? In a word, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah mm. definitely, yeah. 
And that's, I'm, I'm not being any way disrespectful to Garvin. I think he's been fantastic this season. He's, in fact, probably one of the few players to come out with, with very little criticism in any game that I've seen him play. But I just think when I look at that side, I think Jedinak is vital for, for that role that we, the role that he does. Uh, and when he's on form like he was yesterday, he's, he's a very special player, I think. Uh, I, I think the, the wingers that we've got give us balance. And just because Williams can play wide, I don't want to see him out there. And I don't want to see Zaha or Balassi dropped. So that kind of leaves them out. Um, I think Moritz looked an absolute class above. Um, you know, Obviously, he can't do it continuously at the moment for whatever reason. You know, Whether he's going to build up to fitness or not, I don't know. Whether it's just to simply he's that kind of player. Um, but, so, but I certainly wouldn't drop him. And you at the moment, Glenn Murray's the man in the possession of the striker shirt, and he just got two goals, so he stays where he is. So, for me, the, the only real spot, really, to accommodate our best player is, is in central midfield. There. But, yeah, I think I it's going to be a, ro- a rotation of Garvin, Moritz, Williams. You know, the three are, yeah. are fairly interchangeable. Mm. It's nice to have this problem, and it's nice that it isn't my decision to make. But um, I just, yeah, I just, I think again, you, Dougie said it after the game. He said he can't praise Williams enough he says as soon as you put him on the pitch he can just sit back and relax he, I think Williams is that good and we put a lot of pressure on these people and I think you guys are right when you're pointing it out that he has come back from injury quickly and now because we have this sudden strength in depth in, in attack which let's hope we're not being premature about it but um, it, but we can actually give him the right amount of game time and that when he needs reining in and we need to rest him we can rest him safe in the knowledge that he's there on the bench if we need him and all those sort of things. So it's, it's you know, it's it's a exciting times all of a sudden, um, and it's really has flipped. I mean, I didn't see, I didn't see us winning that game yesterday at all. Um, I want to get a little bit more reaction as well. Uh, I've got a, a voicemail that was left by Nick, so I'm just going to play that out, and we'll we'll react to that, and then we'll go to Aaron for some of your messages. Cool. That message makes reminds me of dialer disc back in the day. Jell will know what I'm talking about. Hello, chaps. Nick Gussett here. Hope you're all well. What difference the wind makes to the general mood of uh, one's weekend. Um, I left yesterday morning feeling the general malaise that I think the rest of the club and everybody associated with it had. And um, come five o'clock Saturday night, everything seemed uh, a bit rosier in the garden. It's good to see a really sustained effort from uh, all of the team. Looked to create opportunities when we could. After we scored in 30 seconds, my first thought was... Oh, this is it then, sitting back for 89 and a half minutes. But we didn't. And um, the new players, I, I um, sent a tweet to Chris uh, during the match about uh, Moritz being ace. And uh, such deft touches. He, but he wasn't man of the match. Um, it was either Balassi or, um, or even the uh, De- Delaney, the, the uh, new defender from Ipswich. And for a, a team of, you know, almost half of them strangers, they, they play pretty well together, so... Hopefully, hopefully the future's looking rosy. I'm just glad I made the effort. It was very, very close to not coming. Um, if it wasn't for the wind in Thanet, then I would have still been camping yesterday. But hey-ho. Um, I hope you have a good show. I won't be listening because um, it's my partner's birthday and she'll go packing mad if I have anything to do with whole radio today. Apart from this, which she won't know about because she doesn't listen to the podcast. Um, hope everything's all right. Speak to you soon. Take care. Bye. Well, that's good comments from Nick. I'm not actually I'm not going to dwell too much because I just realised the time. But um, yeah, I mean, just really Nick's emphasising the points that everyone's been making and and the, the kind of shock of of what a turnaround it was. Um, 
You want to very, very quickly, Mark, to mention Delaney. So if you just have a quick word on him, we'll get to well, the Well, yeah, question. I mean, he, he was immense yesterday, and um, we have obviously haven't mentioned him. There's so, there was so much to talk about, obviously. Um, uh, the difference <laughs> for me was that Delaney comes across as a leader, as as a captain. He... Yeah. He was directing everything. He was shouting at players along. He even made Ramage look good because Ramage was listening to Delaney, taking on board everything he was saying, positioning, who to mark. And so he's a natural leader um, like Paddy is. And I don't know whether the two of them will be able to play together alongside each other. Hopefully they will. But he's 31. He's experienced. And he showed it yesterday. And he was very commanding. And he's good in the tackle, good in the air which I think Martin is a bit weak in the air, to be honest, and he's also 10 years younger. Uh, and uh, he seemed very assured in, in possession. And, and finally, it was nice to have a left-footed centre-back playing on, mm. on the left side of the two in the centre. And so there was, good, there was good balance for the back four. Mm. And, uh, he looked really uh, as well. Uh, he did, and uh, he liked to get stuck in, and he he looked very. Uh, he was very committed and very passionate for someone who's just come in and doesn't really, probably as uh, you know, you know, didn't even know he was coming to Palace until uh, sometime on Friday. He, you know, he he really got stuck in, and and he got fired up when that penalty was given and then not given, and they were wrestling the ref, and it was all kicking off. He was getting. Getting in there, man. <laughs> he was doing it. He wasn't. Yeah, yeah. He was taking no prisoners. And uh, no, and, and you like to see passion from a player. And uh, yeah. and he looked. Uh, he looked uh, like a really decent signing to me. Yeah. Now, it's impressive stuff from from all the new guys. And you're absolutely right to pick him out. And, and I think well, someone did ask a question in in the press conference as well. Uh, Dougie made the point. Obviously, team effort as as you do. But I think he couldn't have been failed to be impressed with him. And he, you know, he's a big unit as well. He's you know he's surprisingly tall bloke um, and I mean you say he made Remage look good I like Remage as a centre back I just don't think he works works with Martin at all I think it's just no, the wrong exactly. combination but yeah. but um, but yeah again yeah very very positive um, kind of imagine seeing him him and Paddy could be a very good partnership I think um, if we can hold on to him but he's only here short term I don't really know what the deal is with that so and there we go um, yeah so um, Aaron any last just a couple of last little tweets if you could and then and then we'll get out of here yeah, uh, we got David Matthews. Uh, in the long term, it would be great to see Jelinek playing deeper and Moritz and Williams playing further forward. That's quite interesting there. Uh, James Mallet, uh, Garves looks good. Yes, he'll do well this year. Funny when he refused to give the ball back to the ref after the pen. <laughs> it was shambles it. as well. <laughs> uh, Daniel McCorry uh, says uh, Garvin always had it in him. He just needs to be given a chance. And if I can get your opinions quickly, lads. Uh, Tony Johnson says, uh, without a doubt, the new super-duper sellers turf is made for Garvin's passing, and I actually think it's made for the whole team's passing as well. We just need to see more of it. Do you think that's influenced the way we're playing now quickly? I'll, I'll let the other guys go first. Albert? Yeah, I, they haven't spent 100 grand on it for nothing, I, I imagine. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's hope it continues. Mm. Mark, you think it's made a big difference to passing style? I obviously, um, every football player wants to play on a decent footballing surface and it's mm. going to make for better, a better passing game. I don't think, um, you know, if you've got the players, it's no good if you've got a load who yeah. are just going to lump it. It doesn't make any yeah. difference. But yeah, I mean, it, it makes for, for better football for from the players and cool. from a spectacle as well, yeah. Okay, mate. Excellent. Yeah, to- well, I totally agree, guys. I think, as Albert says, you're going to spend money on something for a reason, aren't you? Um 
yeah, and I, again, and I think perhaps last season we were guilty of perhaps trying to play. Well, again, I, I don't want everyone calls it boring and what have you. We were trying to play possession football, and I don't think the surface helped at times. And you know, early on this season, it didn't really look like it had made much of a difference because we couldn't keep the ball at all. But um, yesterday, we saw a really good display, and I'm sure having a good pitch helped. Um, I've got one last little bit for you guys because I did promise what I talk, uh, Alistair would talk about this, and maybe it's something that we can bring as a recurring theme. Um, he, he messaged us last week a little bit too late for the show. Um, to actually read it out, and I'll, this is the abridged version after our quick conversation. Um, so basically, we we have to. He said we have, do have to keep our best players um, and building a team for this five-year plan to work. Why are we letting players go like Ambrose, Klein, Scannell, etc.? Uh, the Palace fans had it hard over the lo- uh, had it hard had it hard over the last three or four years. Uh, you know, when will the sort of Ian Wright, Mark Bright days come back? Which is you know, which is fair. That's from Alistair. Um, he's been a fan for for a long, long time. He's now down in Cornwall. I think he said he's forty-three years three years old. Been a fan. For you know, forever remembers those days fondly, um, and wants to know when they come back. And I think that particularly the, the, the sales of of Klein and Scannell and Ambrose that have got. So, I mean, if we can kind of just, I wouldn't say it's not really a negative point, but if we can just go sort of have a very very quick chat about that. Clearly, Klein is someone we couldn't keep because he didn't want to stay. Um, uh, Scannell was one we chose to sell, and Ambrose is one we chose to sell. We've discussed the reasons for it, but do you think there's a point there? If I start with you, Albert, do you think there's a point to be made of us selling these players, or do you think that the sort of the changes that we've made and the players we brought in show it was justified? Yeah, I, th- I think it was justified at, at the time. You know, it was quite reactionary to say, "Oh, you know, we haven't brought anybody in," and that's that, you know that's fair enough. But um, some, you know, sometimes uh, you know it's mutually beneficial for someone to have a change of scenery. You know, Scannell hadn't progressed. Ambrose, you know, for whatever reason, didn't look how he did under Warnock. Uh, you know, and sometimes you have to sort of you know just say goodbye. And uh, you know, if these replacements look as good all season as they did on Saturday, then we won't be. Sadly, we won't be talking about Scannell and Ambrose come the end of the mm. season. I mean, we're yeah. that's a fair point, Mark. Yeah, um, well, Scannell was, we've discussed this before, haven't we? Uh, Scannell just didn't seem to be progressing at Palace for whatever reason. I don't know, maybe he'd just gone a bit stale. Um, And uh, I was a fan of Ambrose, but he was a bit of a luxury player. Maybe in the current team with with the the new players we've got, he would have fitted in somewhere. Uh, But um, it was interesting to see that neither Scannell or Ambrose were in either squads, their respective teams, Birmingham, Huddersfield, mm. yesterday. So neither of them got a look in. So that may. Yeah, say something. again, I think someone said to me the other day, I didn't didn't watch it because um, just was wasn't well. I very rarely watch anything but Palace these days. But I didn't really. Um, he told me that that they'd, Birmingham had started Ambrose in midfield in central midfield where everyone had often called for him to play and uh, apparently had something of a, of a mare and um, was taken off after an hour or so but I think he's got a goal or goal or two and a couple of assists as well so we know what he's about um, and, and it was disappointing to lose him because not only do you have the history with Ambrose and, and the you know even the most recent thing that fantastic goal at Old Trafford and you look around and you think who else, who else is going to do that and it, yeah I can understand people getting frustrated but I think sometimes you, in order to make us take a step forward, you take us, you know, you take two steps forward, you take a step back. The things like that. I think, I think over, you can't really judge it. You can't really say we're not building a team, or we're letting people go that we shouldn't let go. You can't judge that until until the end of the season, until it plays out, and you 
and you see what you do with it. And, and the signs are now, fortunately, after this the last game, and it is only one game, the signs are, are very, very positive. So, look, I, I, think, I think that's probably a good a place to leave it as any. And these are themes that we will come back to um, over and over again, I expect. So, um, I mean, but that that is your lot. Um, obviously, thanks to everyone who's contributed to the show. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Sunday with our Charlton giveaway, and and then the the show plan says insert something else because we haven't really worked out what we're doing next week with the international break. So, unfortunately, I'm not too sure what else we got for you, but hopefully, it'll be an interview of some sort or um, I don't know something something good. But well, next week we'll be something. clowns, yeah, clown music, yeah. But um, just to finish on, uh, Aaron's asked if we'll gain, asked if we'll give our predictions for the Charlton game. So, Albert, uh, one all. Hey, Mark. Um, a cheeky win. Odd goal. And I'm going to go with 4 0 Palace. Speak to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I did say that. Smack yeah, 3 2, Aaron. Yeah, absolutely. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>